0: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. You know we love the world of pro wrestling. And as indicated for the last time, we talked about it in the state of pro wrestling. We would go ahead in the month of December and January, early January, talk about the best in pro wrestling for 2022. Wanted to go ahead and thank everyone for watching and listening. It is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And you know, I can't talk pro wrestling without our pro wrestling expert, indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the pvdcast.com. It is John Orlando. And, John, I am excited. We're going to talk about the best and the worst of <laughs> pro wrestling for 2022.
1: Well, first, thank you for having me back on. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, you, I, you know, I always look forward to sitting down, Gerald, with you and talking about various different wrestling topics, and uh, this is no no exception. This is the same. Uh, I got to be honest; some of these categories were tough, people. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how many we we're going to agree on, Gerald. But it mm-hmm. it took me quite a bit of time to compile my list.
0: I did it for me as well. I think I had some issues with some because there were not in some categories, there were no standout qualifiers and mm-hmm. some others there were, I will say that, but I think that overall it's a, it's a good crop of uh, individuals, a good group of indu- individuals uh, that are part of our awards process for this year in pro wrestling. So looking forward to it. Okay. Before we get into the news that I want to talk to you about, and of course the awards, Tell me about, you know, where we are in 2022. Was it a good year for pro wrestling? Ooh, that's a curveball. I wasn't expecting that one. I like um, to throw them every now and then.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say that I think it was a good year on a scale of one to ten. Ten being completely awesome off the charts and one being horrible. Uh, I'm going to say it's in there at a, at a seven. I think it was a seven, maybe, maybe I'll be nice and say even an eight, because I feel like, especially midway through the year, Vince McMahon leaves, we get the regime of Triple H back and some changes were made and some people were brought back and it led to some excitement in the world of WWE. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that all of the backstage drama in AEW was far more interesting than any of the storylines that they showed on TBS or TNT. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. So, I'm going to say, yeah, I think it was a pretty solid year. Again, I'm going to stick with that. I'll I'll
0: go halfway. Seven and a half. Not a seven, not an eight. Seven and a half. I think it was a good year for pro wrestling. And there's a lot of questions now heading into 2023 with, of course, AEW and MJF, now the world champion. We championed this for quite some time. And we discussed this that maybe it was a little bit uh, almost too late it, we thought it should have happened a little bit earlier but we're glad it happened but does mjf have the kind of quality contenders that will keep the aew going because heading into 2023 i'm going to be honest with you i've been looking at the the ratings uh, recently and as i'm sure you probably know as well aew ratings and also wwe ratings especially on the raw side have been at their lowest and in fact some of the lowest ever in the history of the programs for both aew dynamite and a and wwe raw this is a great concern to me that less people are watching the product so i ask you my friend with the mjf i guess rise to prominence finally happening later rather than sooner and then of course roman reigns continuing on with the bloodline and all that what is it going to be like for 2023 going forward
1: well, I think that both companies have a lot to continue to work on, uh, especially with MJF. Right now, there's no babyface contender, and now they're, they're trying to make Ricky Starks that contender. But a year ago, I would have been all behind this. But I think that Ricky Starks has been tarnished. The way that he's been used in AEW now to throw him in with MJF, uh, I don't think it's going to work. He got
0: easily defeated uh, right there in the middle of the ring. Ah, uh, Wardlow, who would have been a natural for a first contender or someone that you should build up a program with, he's had like uh, like a balloon, all the air sucked out of him as far as his momentum is concerned. Uh, and it just seems to me, with no CM Punk, uh, no, I guess uh, the other major injuries that are there for you know Adam Page and some others who've had some serious injuries, just seems like some of the starch has been let out of the air of AEW,
1: well i think at this point it's got to be brian danielson that's got to be the the step up contender for mjf Mm -hmm. and and look aew is having the same problem that we've talked about for many many years with the WWE. they're not building the next superstars and there's some ways that you can go about doing that that i don't see coming from aew and i'll go back to i know i've said it on this show you go back to with cody rhodes you had Somebody that was doing more than just wrestling. He had the reality show. He was on that 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 silly game show. The crossover appeal has to be built, and I don't think that that's happening with AEW. I think they, you know, they let Cody Rhodes go, and there's been nobody else doing anything. I mean, there's no reason why, you know, the Big Show, if he's still under contract. I'm sorry, Paul White. Anyways, we know him as the Big Show. Uh, there's no reason why he can't be doing some cross promotion on some of those other shows. I mean, look, the NBA on, on TNT, right? Why is there not people popping up? And I don't know because I don't I don't watch that many NBA games. Has there been, you know, oh
0: look who's in the crowd courtside? Is it? It's Mark no, Henry and, no, and I mean, Dustin just, Rhodes. You
1: know, it's it's just it's, the no. usual
0: advertising for it. As far as you'll see, AEW advertising, but you no, know, you don't see any live crossover appeal for that nature.
1: And I, I think that that is one small step that AEW could be doing to, to pumping up those numbers some. At least try it for crying out loud. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But they're not doing anything. They're just adding more belts and, and keeping Ring of Honor involved in AEW. And that, that's not buying. That's not doing it. No one's buying into that. I mean, I was the biggest Ring of Honor fan for, for years. I was happy that Tony Khan bought the company and, and kept it away from the WWE. But I didn't buy the pay-per-view this past weekend because it was thrown together like it was just an episode of, uh, uh, of Rampage. Besides one match, the, the the FTR Briscoes match is the only one that interests me. I'm not shelling over, what, 30, 40 bucks in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, too,
0: to watch Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. And that, to me, is something of concern heading into 2023 Is the future of ROH. Was it to get the assets? Uh, Is there going to be something that's grown out of it? Is it something that's going to be made special by Tony Khan? Or is it something that's just going to be thought as an afterthought, you know, thought as an afterthought? I know that Chris Jericho lost his title as far as the ROH title to uh, Claudio. And I guess that's a good move. Uh, I guess a lot of the um, well-known individuals out there that uh, know that, uh, with Chris Jericho as the RH champion it was kind of giving it a little bit of a highlight, a little bit of a rub, but unfortunately now that is no longer the case. I don't know. AEW is at a crossroads. Uh, it's the pun there with, with Cody Rhodes and all that. But <laughs> I really think at this point in time, 2023 is going to be a pivotal year for that company. Uh,
1: I totally agree. I feel like if they don't take the necessary steps to attempt to drive, try to garner more attention, more, uh, focus, more uh fans in the buildings i mean you know i guess they're doing well in their live events you know the tapings of dynamite but uh and and rampage but that can only take you so far um they've done well historically uh with the pay-per-views but you have to ask yourself when that happened when those when those numbers started going up who was on the roster cm punk obviously people want to see punk does he come back I I really don't feel like he's coming back to AEW. That's my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I I think I think too much has happened that I think that you you know you can't say sorry enough basically. And I don't think he's the type to say uh, I sorry. I just thought I, it,
0: well, as I told you last time, I just thought it was stupid for him to for all, for all of them to do what they need to do. If I was Tony Khan and, and I was actually smart enough to realize that. You know, you need all these assets. You need all these individuals to go ahead and build your company. You do what you can to get them in a room and you hash it and iron it out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, losing CM Punk as far as a draw is a big concern for you going forward. And not just in the Chicago area going forward as far as name value. Any wrestler with some serious name value is, is if you lose them as AEW as a number two and a distant number two. You need to go ahead and, uh, unfortunately, try to do what you can to recoup that, or try to find, figure out something that's going on to get that individual back. Because CM Punk, they're they're already seriously missing CM Punk. I'm not saying that they should should not make MJF the champion. This is something again we've we've talked about mm-hmm. for a while. MJF, uh, I'm glad he's champion, but you know, right now him as a as a champion defending against CM Punk would have been a much more appealing as far as maybe a feud or or competition than let's say Ricky Starks or many of the individuals that they're about ready to throw up against like like we talked about uh MJF so uh, I don't know when it comes to Brian Danielson that's obviously next in line as we talk about this but we know that right after that who's back john moxley again is it uh, hangman page again is it you know some of these others again that are you know are okay they can they can build up a dynamite rating but they can't do a whole lot more than that so we'll see uh, very very concerned for AEW's future going forward
1: now as for the WWE in 2023 i think that the biggest issue and and hopefully what has come out this week is not set in stone if you will. Vince McMahon wanting to return. That cannot happen. I feel like that will be a major step back in 2023. Um I, I feel like the product has has gotten better. Is it perfect? No. Is it but it's world worlds away from some of the stuff we've seen over the last couple of years. I feel like that is the biggest challenge. They have to make sure that Vince understands he cannot come back. Sure, he can have input. You and I both talked. You know he picks up the phone every once in a while and goes, "Stephanie, Paul, let's do this, let's do that," and they probably take his advice. We, we'd be stupid not to say that. But uh, he, he can't be involved in a bigger, bigger part. I if he if he is, then I think that what momentum the WWE has created is just going to go right right down the toilet.
0: Well, I just indicated when at around the time that it happened, where Vince McMahon left the WWE, it's the pro wrestling business. <laughs> Everybody is you know, eligible to always come back. You know, CM Punk, he may come back to AEW or come back to the WWE. When it comes to Vince McMahon, I, anything is possible. So, like you said, uh, he is probably already in conversations and probably never stopped the conversations with Paul and with Stephanie. I just uh, am concerned with the future going forward for the WWE should he come back. But With the ratings as low as they are now, mind you, it's December ratings for most part, usually trend down for television in a lot of, uh, a lot of ways for the month of December. But I understand right now, that's a big problem for WWE, the raw ratings and the SmackDown ratings are of paramount concern. And if they continue to slide down that prospect of Vince McMahon popping up somewhere in a WWE gets, gets bigger and bigger
1: well you know what now that you said that what would what would pop a giant rating is the return of vince mcmahon you you, and whether we like it or not that would probably happen and if ratings get that bad where they are starting to think of really desperate measures i guess you would be right on that gerald that we might very well see the return of vincent kennedy mcmahon but i just don't want to see it i really don't i feel like again with the WWE, they can start to try some different things and seeing what works. Getting behind some more of their characters. You know, a, a prime example, Karrion and Cross. Let's, yeah, we're not so sure about how he he's gonna go here, but let's put some let's put a, a a rocket pack on his back and see what we can do. All right, if it fails, it fails. But I think that they're just still kind of in certain aspects resting on their laurels. I think it would be a huge distraction for Vince to come back because. If I'm not mistaken, I did read correctly, a couple more allegations have arose, correct? Of course, yeah. There's going to be more. There's going to mm-hmm. be more. So why would you want that distraction? If you are, you know, Trip YH or if you're Stephanie, why would you want that distraction? Especially right here, right now, because it's only
0: been, what, six months since he left? Yep, uh, because he's Vinnie Mac. Because <laughs> sure. he, he feels like he can do whatever it is that he wants to do. And at 77, he just really isn't equipped. The wrestling business, I think, has passed him by. We yes. saw an outdated product the last three to five years, I think, in many ways. So I was really disappointed with what I saw with a lot of it. Uh, you know, these backstage skits, uh, I know they've been still there, but they're they're reduced from what they were under Vince McMahon because I know he has a very great fondness for them. I can't stand them because, it, you know, since the Attitude Era, they just really – have not been able to do well and give those backstage skits a real purpose. It's Mm -hmm. just something that I think a lot of people need to put in consideration there. Plus, these promos by the individuals who can cut good promos are too scripted and really need to go ahead and just loosen and relax depending on the individual.
1: And for those that don't do well with promos, here's a novel idea. Could we get some managers maybe that have the gift
0: of gab? Yeah, I just want to see going forward exactly where we stand. I really would be against Finney Mac coming back. I understand the product is not where it needs to be, but going backwards is taking a step backwards with Vince McMahon coming back. I agree. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the best and worst in pro wrestling for 2022. We've got still plenty of time left. So thanks so much for joining us. It is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is John Orlando from the PBD cast and myself, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. It is pretty much that time to start going down the categories. And the great thing is, we've got 45 minutes almost, my friend. So a lot of time to go ahead and cover <laughs> each and every one of these categories. So a lot to talk about indeed, but I guess, uh, where do you want to start? I will let you choose the categories oh. that you want to start at.
1: I think it's, it's fitting that we start with the best. I think that we should okay. start there.
0: You know How me, about... I always like to go into the worst, but okay.
1: <laughs> we'll be optimistic this time. For common go...
0: purposes, of course, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Shall we talk about the best women's wrestling?
0: Best women's wrestler. This was my toughest category to go ahead and pick a winner out of because I don't think there were any standout women's wrestlers this year, anywhere. I think on the SmackDown side, you really don't have a lot of quality or name women wrestlers that are there, and I'm sure we're going to be discussing that here in a little bit when it comes to the worst pro wrestling for 2022, but. I will say that out of anybody in AEW, Thunder Rosa was on her way for me for being uh, you know, the number one women's wrestler that's out there. But of course, she threw out her back, and you know, she's been out a good portion of the year as well. So this one was the hardest one for me to pick, this category right here. But I have to say, out of anyone, because she's been around, because she's been at the top, and because she's continued to go ahead and succeed and have actually pretty good matches, I'm going to say Bianca Belair. See, I didn't have as much trouble
1: selecting this one, and okay. you already mentioned who I feel it is. I thought Thunder Rosa was the best. Now, granted, as you mentioned, she has been injured; she's been out for what three or four months, five months, yeah. And whatnot. I, just,
0: I I can't, I can't give anybody a, you know, a, a best of if they're out. It's like MVP voting. I can't. If you're out a certain number of games, I can't give you the MVP vote. If you're out a certain number of days. I can't give you the best wrestler. I just can't.
1: Well, then I'll tell you what, I'll I'll call one on the fly.
0: No, it's up to you're... you if that's what you want, man. I said <laughs> I can.
1: That, that well, kid. I think I think Thunder Rosa she was she was a good wrestler. She was very technical. I, I like the character. That cage the, the, match
0: was in, it was actually very, very good. That
1: yes, did. I agree. I agree. And it, it was between her and Diana Perrazzo. Because I feel that Perrazzo is you talk about a technician, is one of the best. The reason why I kind of went with Thunder Rosa because I think she had more of a spotlight. All right. Of Where course. I think with 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 all due respect to Impact Wrestling, I don't know how many people are watching Impact Wrestling on a on a weekly basis versus a
0: hundred thousand. I read the ratings.
1: There you go. So uh but to take nothing from Deanna Perrazzo. I think she is one of the best women's wrestlers today. But I, I just went with Thunder Rosa because I just felt that she had more good matches, she had more um energetic fiery promos which i liked and and the character and i think she was she was set to have a really great year and unfortunate that an injury cut that short
0: yeah see again she would have been for me had she been healthy the entire year my pick as well but because she was not healthy i'd probably say bianca bella because she was there virtually the entire year and she had solid matches and she was a good presence and you know she's a no she's an Decent promo. Uh, she she's okay as far as what she's doing. A very athletic, very gifted uh, in the ring. She is honed her wrestling skills. She used to be a little bit rough uh,
1: mm-hmm. around the
0: edges mm-hmm. uh, with her in ring ability, but she has uh, done quite a bit. Even though you know Becky Lynch probably says otherwise with her shoulder, but I, I will say that you know I, to me Bianca Belair has improved to the ring enough. Where again she was there. She was champion the entire year, or virtually the entire year. I think that, uh, yeah, she she gets it for me. Rhea Ripley, uh, that's another name that's out there. But, of course, she had her head injury that she was out for quite a bit as well. And she wasn't given the same kind of limelight at times because she was now part of another group and she wasn't wrestling as much. So I can't give her that. I'd probably say, again, Bianca Belair. It simply goes the fact that I think that, again, she was there as a constant in women's wrestling for both AEW and, you know, you could even say Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker was a very solid, but she wasn't given the same kind of highlight she was in 2021 when she had the title. So I'd probably say Bianca Belair for me.
1: And yeah, I agree with you on on both those points. That yes, Bianca's been there for almost the entire year. She, I don't think. I think she maybe did she get she had an injury, didn't she this year? I thought it, like it a was minor very. One?
0: It was very brief. It wasn't you know okay. elongated. If that's the case, it wasn't. It wasn't three or four months. It, you expect every wrestler to go ahead and take yeah. some time off sometime during the right. year, but yeah, when a quarter of your year is gone, I just can't. I can't pull the trigger on, on on Thunder Rosa being the number one women's wrestler. She was well on her way. I really think that she was having a great year, and I feel bad for her because, like you said, you know, when you get hurt like that, all your momentum is gone. Like with mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, he was really the company was really behind him coming into the wwe he was going to he was having that rocket strapped to his back as you talked about earlier i really think that a lot of good things can still be ahead for him but will that be that same je ne sais quoi or momentum that he had before because he was really riding a good wave of momentum before that that uh, torn pec so agreed yeah but right now again uh Diana Perrazzo, I think, is, it, or is it Thunder Rosa? Thunder Rosa for you and Bianca Belair for me for uh, best women's wrestler. I think that was a uh, good, solid pick there. Again, no one stood out. Again, with Charlotte Flair for me and Becky Lynch uh, being out for parts of the year and Asuka being treated, you know, like a, I don't know, I would just, I, I'd rather not be a stay, jobber. So yeah a jobber yeah let's just put it out like it is you know i guess it's payback for all the years she held that nxt title and didn't get beaten and uh, didn't get uh pinned at all <laughs> or submitted through all those years you yeah, know they, they're paying her back for that her penance has come due in the world of wrestling so what's up next my friend why don't we do worse
1: women's wrestler we'll do oh this is talking easy. about women's wrestling oh this, this is, is a sl- this was a slam dunk for me This is um,
0: this was this was a co-slam dunk for me Yes, I uh,
1: shall I shall I reveal mine of first? Course. Yes, yes. Ronda absolutely. Rousey.
0: Well, I've got a tie and I okay. know it's one that you actually had hope for, uh, but Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan tie for me. They okay. both were awful. Absolutely. <laughs> awful. I know you I know you were high or higher on Liv Morgan and you were hoping that a good title reign would be hers and mm-hmm. she just blew it just absolutely mm-hmm. horrible matches and especially most of them with ronda rousey but even when she had matches with someone else they were just bad and ronda rousey if her opponent is not charlotte flair it's just really oh. unwatchable absolutely yes unwatchable. i
1: agree i i absolutely agree like whew, she's not gotten any better in fact i think she's regressed in terms of in her in-ring skill
0: mm-hmm. i she think gets, she's great when she does um like brawls or when she does falls count anywhere or anything like that gimmick matches but yeah put her in the ring like that as far as the straight match oh. Oh. Oh.
1: Oh. and i feel like they paired her up recently with Shayna baszler and i'm like too little too late that bus has left the station years ago yeah. that should have been something because i clamored for that i wanted to see that tag team and they just wasted it away they just let it
0: just because in know, real life they're friends with the four horsemen right. and all that so
1: yeah i thought that that would have been a great storyline but now they're doing it and it's just i don't know and there's so many baby faces involved in that situation because you have live i believe you have uh tegan knox and raquel rodriguez uh, it's a it's a muddled mess of a storyline that and
0: smackdown side does not excite me at all as far as no. pro wrestling there
1: I will say this. I'm curious if the rumors are true. I would like to see if they do pair Sergeant Slaughter with Lacey Evans. <sighs> <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be good, Gerald. I said was, I'm curious to see what She was not happens.
0: good when she was in the ring, and then she's, you know, congratulations to her. She's had a pregnancy, so, of course, that having a child, you know, congratulations to her, but she's not a good wrestler. She's absolutely not with a with a bad gimmick on top of it. When you're a bad wrestler with a bad gimmick, that's just bad. That's just, you
1: mean when she was the debutante
0: or the yeah. the, the marine now. Yeah. Uh, I know it's the marine now, but the debutante and all that. Yeah, that was just some unwatchable stuff right there. But <laughs> I again when I could care less when I couldn't care less. I'm sorry when I couldn't care less about you in the ring. It just tells me you're just not doing it for me as far as you know, your ingring ring ability is concerned. So really oh. just, uh, really. Yeah. Yeah. We're going. <laughs> what, to it say,
1: what it says about me when I'm like, I, the biggest
0: thing about her is I want to see certain slaughter in the corner. I mean, that's how yeah. <laughs> to tell you how interested I'm in. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not going to give her the big push. I don't think she's looking for, you know, no, so. no. Uh, all right. But, uh, once again, it is the best and worst in pro wrestling for 2022. There was some really <laughs> stinkers on the that what we were just talking about but what you got next my friend well let's go with the best tag team of the year okay and and i gotta say that i think this might be a short conversation
1: it might be um i think it was uh i don't think the tag team ranks in both major companies had some some highs and lows Mm -hmm. in uh in the year um but my tag team of the year best tag team of the year excuse me is the acclaimed and here's why i feel like they have really worked and really hustled and really put everything they had into this into this tag team are they great wrestlers no they still have a lot of learning to do but they're getting over on their own with max casters rap and with the whole scissor stick and all that jazz and 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 Come on, a 52-year-old Billy Gunn now is irrelevant again in professional wrestling with all due respect to him. Yeah, I I'll mean, touch on that in here in a bit. Okay. I, I gotta say that I, I feel like they had a great year. And you know, I I imagine I have a feeling I know who you picked, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step on toes. I'll let mm-hmm. you go ahead and, and reveal your pick.
0: Well, it's a team that won several titles this year. Team that's uh, had a lot of uh, great matches this year. In fact, they just had one recently with the Briscoe brothers. That is FTR. FTR. Okay. Uh, I mean, they're really sound. Uh, they didn't excite me when they were in as the revival and the WWE, and that's partly because of them, and that's partly because of WWE. They didn't know what they had at the WWE, but then again, it's also how you make yourself in WWE. The best of the WWE is. You know, you take whatever they can give you and you make the most out of it. And I don't think FTR did that, but I also don't think the WWE really had, you know, noticed what they had or knew what they had when it comes to FTR. But now that they've gone on their own as far as away from the WWE and part of ADW, AAA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they once had all of what, three of the major titles that are out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, one time up until recently. I think they won each of the titles this year, AEW, ROH, and AAA. I think at one point in time, they held each of those titles. I may be wrong on on AEW, but...
1: Yeah, I don't think they had the AEW belts. I'm okay. pretty sure. Or if they did, I think they early. did have It was earlier in the year, it, I thought. It was early in the year, and they dropped them right away, and then they collected the
0: other they three might belts. Have, yeah, but yeah I think like that's how it went. Yeah, yeah. so I really think that they've had a great year as far as match quality-wise. For me, it just, it's just a matter of the eye test. What did I see from them in the ring? But as a tag team, they were very sound, had some great matches on the independent scene and then all over the world. And to me, that means something. That To me, that means something that in a day and age where not, I, there's very few wrestlers. There are very few wrestlers these days that can go ahead and pop in several different organizations and succeed in all of them, as well as FDR did. It reminds me of the days where Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher would go all over the place, all around the world, and be the headliners everywhere they went. Within a span of a year, they might have worked for 20 or 30 different organizations within the span of a year. This reminds me so much of that, or at least it's the closest thing we'll ever get to that Mm -hmm. because of the fact that the wrestling landscape is so far different. But yeah, FDR to me, I think is really one of the best tag teams of the past five years in the way that they're forming. I think the Usos uh, do get consideration as well, but I think that they're, how much is it them and how much is it the fact that they're part of the bloodline?
1: Great question. And I was also going to say, when you look at the competition for the Usos, RK-Bro, the New Day, it seems like it's kind of not the same type of uh, of strong competition. Like I would have loved to seen Imperium in the Usos, but you know yeah. that never happened. I thought about the Usos as well. And that's actually who I thought you were going to pick, to be honest with you, Gerald. I thought that's who you were going to go with. But yeah, they deserve to be in the conversation without a shadow of a doubt. They've continued to do... I'm a sucker uh, for things. that
0: multi-title thing. When you win yeah. titles in different organizations and have good matches yeah. doing it, I'm a sucker for that all the time.
1: I agree. I agree. So for FTR, great choice. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Greyskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Greyskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Let's go worst tag team. Okay. Gerald, go ahead. Drop it on us. Who who you think was the worst
0: tag team? Well, you mentioned you mentioned Billy Gunn earlier. The fifty-three year old, fifty-two year old, whatever year old. As far as now with the claim getting his his you know mojo back with them, it's part of the reason why is because he couldn't get it with his own sons, because his own sons are not that great. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know that's great that they're on their own away from dad. You know, I really would not have split them up personally. Although it's worked well for for the acclaimed. As far as for for him being added on there but the gun club seems like uh, right now just a team going nowhere and nowhere quickly and for a couple of young kids i know that there's plenty of time for them to go ahead and recoup and actually start becoming a great tam- tag team i think that uh that's something that people have to put under consideration is that yeah they're young kids right now so they got plenty of time on their hands to go ahead and be a lot better but right now the product that you see is not that good
1: yeah, they're and they're really green too. They're yes. not. They're not polished. Um, and I think potential is the best adjective to describe yeah. the Gun Club. They have a lot of potential, but right now, it's it's not it's not happening.
0: Yeah. And that's not saying five years from now we won't pick them as the the tag team of the year. Yeah, for right. Three years, but right. right now, they're for me the worst tag team out there. Ooh, I, mean, yeah, I think some of WWE you could pick. For, you know that are that are just <laughs> as bad, but. i'd say the gun club right now for me
1: oh i was gonna say i think they're a channel changer for
0: me when i see them i change the channel i think that's probably the best way to say it
1: best way to describe my tag team that i feel is absolutely horrid hit row they are just god awful in the ring i don't know how top dollar hasn't hurt somebody i mean he's just he's awkward he's awful he he looks terrible like just the eye test you talked about the eye test you look at him and you go he kind of looks like a schlub in his sweatsuit it's awful uh, the the adonis guy i don't think is much better i guess we're never going to find out if b fab can wrestle i don't know because he's never had any interaction with any other female or yeah. or male on that roster The rap is awful. Like I'm like, this is like Dollar Tree, the acclaimed. So Hit Row is just, as
0: I said, god-awful. That's all I can say. There are plenty of choices, I think, for worst tag team of the year because there are a lot of bad tag teams out there.
1: Well, there is. There's like Swerve in Our Glory. Like They're an awful tag team. They're great on their own, but I don't know why AEW is so bent on putting them together as a tag team because they're not a good tag team.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree on that. But, yes, my choice for worst tag team is the Gun Club, and yours is Hit Row, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, what's up next? Well, I threw this one out to you when we started putting this together. I, I feel
1: like we should reward some wrestling media because I think there's been some really good uh, wrestling media throughout the year that has come out that's entertained and informed, and, uh, it, it you know, it could be a variety of different things as I pitch. So, um I'll go with mine. I loved Tales from the Territories. I think that Vice can do no wrong when it comes to a wrestling documentary. I really enjoyed the the entire season. Um, I think it shed a new light on so many things that many of us didn't know about as wrestling fans. For an example, uh, Polynesian Pro Wrestling. I knew that that was a thing, but I knew nothing about it. So that episode was fascinating. Uh, finally portland wrestling gets a little bit of of the spotlight which i thought was awesome as well because i've i've always been curious about that territory uh, so i i feel like those guys um jason and evan they do a fantastic job and uh i felt like that was the best wrestling media out there
0: you're gonna be surprised for me saying this but i turned it off uh, i Because it's not. This is something I really wanted to see, as far as behind the scenes of the territories. But I don't want it sent from the standpoint of you know four or five old guys who thought that every match that they had was a sellout to sit around talking about you know the supposed rumors and things of that nature. I wanted it those tales from the territories told more in the vein of Dark Side of the Ring, where it's more constructed as far as from telling you this is what happened this is what happened and then you have the talking head or whatever wrestler that's there telling you exactly what happened yeah them just bsing around it was not interesting to me because i know as you and i both know listening to hundreds of wrestling podcasts and, and wrestling interviews that you know you always got to keep one eye open when you hear a wrestler talk about as far as you know what their stories that they're telling because you know you always take it with a grain of salt because they never always tell you the truth of what's going on the truth is somewhere in the middle when a wrestler talks okay when it comes to like you hear you know hulk hogan for instance has he ever said a a true thing going on i don't know see see, you know i just to me i would i was i was so excited to go ahead and check that out and then i just saw these four wrestlers bsing about stories behind the ring i really wanted a history lesson
1: Okay. You know, because I watched okay.
0: most of these these territories, I got a chance to watch a little bit of Polynesian. I got a chance to watch a little bit of Memphis. I got a lot of chance to watch a little bit of these, each and every one of these. But I wanted to know more, you know, about it as far as a tale from a docu series point of view, as opposed to let's just tell some stories around the campfire and let's go from there. I just, to me, I thought it was kind of disappointing, and that's why I couldn't continue it because it just doesn't do for me what I wanted it to do. Okay.
1: Okay. I, you you are right. I am shocked by that statement, but because I wanted I it to be more
0: like Dark Side of the Ring.
1: Yeah, I get you. I understand. Yeah, I
0: wanted it to be more like a point eight. This was okay. Polynesian poor Wrestling. I wanted it to be more. This is how it started. These are some of the big events, and this is what happened as far as the reason why it's no longer in existence. But this is why it's so much important to the world of wrestling. And then you obviously get the interviews with the wrestlers during the course of that. That's how I wanted, hoping it would be laid out. I just. I didn't uh, expect, like I said, it, it wasn't what I expected, and unfortunately, I was kind of let down by that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. How about your favorite uh, or your best wrestling media from the year?
0: Well, I thought we were going for wrestling media as far as the coverage of it. Oh, as as, okay. So that's what I was to go thought when you meant meant wrestling media. So I'm going to say, as someone who's an old standby, you know, I know that you know when you hear these these podcast fact, I, I guess for me if you if you wanted to go to wrestling media for me folios pod has been the most enjoyable wrestling media as far as that's concerned
1: i need to jump on that i have not listened to one episode yet and i've heard that there are so many great episodes i need i need to check it out i gotta put it i gotta put it in the queue
0: okay well it, it is worth a good listen he does forget things but he doesn't embellish one thing you don't hear is him embellished and you know to the point where it's like you know oh my gosh your eye is rolling you know like you will with eric bischoff's some of the others uh, that are there you know that 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 you kind of have to roll your eyes like no that's not what really happened as i remember it but okay whatever How, mm. however you see fit that's fine with mick foley he just tells you sincerely exactly what he thinks happens because he's been prepping a lot of it through his uh, one-man shows that he's been doing for for many years now so This is just like an extension of that. Uh, One of the, I guess, uh, great gets I would love to get as far as the interview is concerned is Conrad Thompson, because Mm -hmm. I'd love to ask him this question. uh, And I'm put this out on the air, okay? Obviously, Vinnie Mack would be, or Vince McMahon would be the number one show that you would want to, he'd want to do, okay? That would be the number one show he wanted. Yeah, lies or embellishments aside having a Vinnie Mac podcast weekly would be something I think that would be non-stop for a lot of people, but I would love to ask him the question if you would rather do uh, let's see, Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, or Michael Hayes. I think any of those three would be interesting for altogether different reasons, but my pick would be Michael Hayes because even, I'm not a super fan of Michael Hayes or the Freebirds by any stretch of the imagination, but you could get through 100 episodes before you get to anything relating to wrestling. So, <laughs> Well, you know
1: what I just read. Where Conrad Thompson's doing uh, like some wrestling shows in Australia. He's helping to promote.
0: Yeah, Nick yeah, well, he, yeah. Mick Foley did very well in his Australian tour there uh, recently, earlier this year. So yeah, I think that's probably probably why. Great, great he's, wrestling market out there.
1: I was gonna say Conrad Thompson like the he's like Ryan Seacrest. He's everywhere. You know, he's, he's everywhere plus
0: he owns he owns the mortgage company so you know <laughs> yeah I, I give him a ton of credit and then you know oh. he's also he's also in the flair family on top of that you know <laughs> give him a ton of credit but yeah I'd love to ask him that question and see what he'd have to say on that but yeah uh, my secret pick would be, my my pick would be Michael Hayes because of all the stories you know you, he probably has a ton of stories behind the scenes or at the bars or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, as a
1: side note, I will say this too. I always, I do enjoy my world with Jeff Jarrett because I think he's also one that doesn't BS you. Like he tells it kind of like what it is.
0: Yeah, it's okay, Um, but he doesn't have as many interesting stories for me to listen to because I've watched you know a lot of his career. You know, with USWA, and of course when he went went to USWA. uswa bought out work world-class i got to see all those episodes and you know he he was a part of wrestling so much for the past few decades and it, it's good he has his moments but for me it's mick it's all about okay. mick because mick okay. is one of my all-time faves and you know even though i know most of the stuff it's nice every now and then to find out something that he was thinking at the time if he can remember it Mm-hmm. that's the problem sometimes he can't remember it but it, you know if at the time he he remembers it exactly what, what he was thinking his insight on that so that to me is the most interesting but yeah Jeff Jarrett's pretty solid as well but mm-hmm. yeah when it goes to Eric Bischoffs, and <laughs> he's of terrible others, yeah, so that's, yeah yeah but I would say the best wrestling media because I thought it was we were doing that uh, you know I understand Mike Johnson from one you know the he is the premier wrestling journalist now but to me, it's always Dave Meltzer. To me, it's always Dave Meltzer, and the fact is, I don't have to navigate through five hundred ads to actually read what's going on when I go to f4wonline.com. So yeah, that's my big, uh, that's my best wrestling media for twenty twenty two because it's really solid. If you don't want to subscribe, it's, it obviously if you do subscribe, they give you a lot of stuff there. But if you don't subscribe, there's still a ton of stuff that reads and it. That's where I go for a lot of news updates right there. Mm-hmm. For me, And I, again, I don't have to na- navigate through 500 ads that are like pop-ups in my face. And yeah, I just can't deal with that. I just can't deal with that. I can't, it, before we went on the air, I couldn't even load up Mike Johnson's site because it's just like, bloop, bloop. You know, probably load up all those ads. So yeah, for me, it's that. But yeah, just, uh, I think probably changing my answer, i probably say Foley is, is, is you know, fully is Pod. fully is Pod. Okay. So
1: Cool. Well, that leaves us with the main event, so to speak. Best and worst wrestler of the year,
0: but also best and worst match of the year.
1: Oh, that's right. We also have uh, I mis cuz you know why? It's on a different page on my notebook. So. <laughs> Behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, I write things down on a notebook. You didn't know that, I bet. Um, well, then let's let's do best and worst match, shall we? We'll save we'll save the wrestler of the year, best and worst for the main event, shall we? Okay. So what are, you, what are your thoughts? Oh, I had a hard time with best match and worst match because there was a lot of candidates. And also, I felt like it was unfair of me to say and to give an opinion on a match that I didn't see. Like, for an example, in our background, I did not see Sheamus and, and Walter or Gunther. So as well as I heard how awesome it was, I never saw it. I felt like that was something that, I, I felt i needed to have seen it and uh there was a lot of great candidates um you know i know danielson and, and hangman page had some great matches this year yeah uh, which i saw rollins versus lashley versus theory from survivor series just a few weeks ago i felt was fantastic it was so good
0: rollins versus Rhodes. they had some matches earlier this year I'm
1: going with that. That's my best match uh, from WrestleMania. I'm going Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins because I feel like not only was it a good, solid match, but you had the environment, the, the feel that here we are, Cody Rhodes coming back, and they're going to tell the story you know, about him wanting to chase for the title, and the fans went bonkers. And overall, I think that, to me, is the best match of the year.
0: or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. All right, the best match for me of the year. I mean, there was a lot of great matches out there. I, I didn't catch all the Kasushka, Okada, Will Osprey matches. I know that there were like three that were right up there. Both of those guys had tremendous years and they really had some good matches with each other. Actually, they had two matches really that that were actually very good, uh, that were actually at the top. I really would think myself, the match that I did see that I really enjoyed the most was one that you said you didn't see. And that is Sheamus and Gunther at Clash in the Castle. I I love ChopFest. I love (laughs) ChopFest. I I absolutely love ChopFest. Just, you know, last year Gunther... And Ilya Dragunov, that was just sensational between those two. Was that 2021 or 2020? I think that was
1: 2020. I think we're two okay. years removed from okay. that.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'm a sucker for those matches, but this was just brutal. You know, if you saw after the match how Sheamus was beaten and battered and just really, you know, took the worst for wear. And, you know, Gunther... A.K. walter he takes it but he dishes it out and it, but he also takes it so he dishes yeah. it out but he also takes it and uh, i really thought that was a great back and forth i really am, am happy to have watched that match and I, again that's for me the my best match of the year i would have loved to have seen the uh kazushka okada will osprey matches and i think now that hopefully by the end of uh the year or maybe the next couple of weeks i can catch both of those maybe i can make an addendum to that but i probably will just go ahead and leave right now since the matches as of this recording that i've seen would probably be the best of them would be seamus and Gunther.
1: so to the other end of the spectrum the worst match of the year this was easy go ahead then you go
0: ahead live morgan and ronda rousey next <laughs> this literally stunk up the joint is probably the best words that you can phrase it because they're not only are were they you know tied for my best, worst wrestlers of the year, but the fact is the reason why is because they had the worst matches with each other. You could pick one; they are all bad that they had with each other. Just absolutely <laughs> horrid. They're not the worst <laughs> matches I've ever seen because my gosh, I've seen decades worth of bad matches, but this was this was up there. This is for this year. It was really they were stinkerous.
1: I was going to do the joke that well. I picked Ronda Rousey for worst women's wrestler. I can't pick her for worst matches too, but. Yeah, you can Why not? (laughs) Well, I I picked another one from this fall that I just thought, A, the match itself, I don't understand why they booked it. Well, I do, but it didn't make any sense. To me, I think one of the worst matches of the year, my worst match was the casino ladder match at All Out for AEW. Oh, you don't I, like that finish. That finish was, a
0: was, yeah.
1: That finish was bad. I didn't, I just also, I was not a fan of the, I wasn't a fan of the presentation. Like, cause the people, some of the people that were in that match are like, why are they in this match? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why? We, it's clearly not believable that these individuals are going to win. Like I, Frankie Kazarian was in that, if I remember correctly, yeah. like, There's no way he's winning. He's not getting that poker chip. And yes, then the firm comes out, which I'm not a fan of that stable at all. And MJF and the whole it. it, Yeah, I just didn't dig it at all.
0: All right. Well, that leaves us with the best and worst wrestler of the year, male wrestler. So, all right, my friend, we're down to it. The best of the best and the worst of the worst. So go ahead, my friend.
1: The best wrestler of the year was easy for me. It's Roman Reigns i mean really yes he had some really good matches i will give you yes he had good matches i am totally into the bloodline storyline and best it was even said on my own show and i agree like a few years ago could not give a crap about what was going on with roman reigns and now i'm absolutely glued i want to know what he's going to say i want to know what's next for him And that's the same with Sami Zayn as well. Like I could care less, could not stand him a few years ago. And now I, again, want to see every single week, what goes on with the bloodline? What's next? Obviously there's going to be some changes coming up in 2023, but as just the head of this faction, I felt Roman Reigns wrestler of the year.
0: Wow. That's actually a pretty solid choice. I, I can't argue against that for me. You know, it was close because of the fact that, you know, depending on how much time he was off because of that, uh, his kidney infection where he had 104, 105 fever, I guess was what he reported to. But he came back before and after he's had more matches uh, that have been rated highly than anyone this year. And if you've seen his matches in AEW or New Japan Bro Wrestling, I'd say he just closely beats out Roman Reigns and Kazuchika Okada. And that's Will Ospreay. So will okay. osprey for me is is someone i think that is severely underlooked and uh, again i know that the, the the common wrestling fan out there the normal wrestling fan doesn't know who will osprey is but i don't know if they ever will i don't know if he'll ever want to go and stay long term in aew or stay in wwe and conform to their beliefs and ideals i think he's just a you know a guy that that wants to do his own thing at his own time at his own pace but man the guy can work I, I i'm worried about how long his his career will be having top matches but right now that kid can work yes it's still and, and the thing best thing about it is he was having great matches a couple years ago you know he had that sensational match with Ricochet, but he was just all athletics now he's he's grown he's been seasoned enough to where he knows how to lay out a match and it's just beautiful to watch even in AEW you know when he was with Aussie Open who is also really underrated tag team and actually was uh, on my short list for tag team of the year. But I really think that uh, right now that Will Ospreay, I think is in my opinion, the best wrestler on the planet right now.
1: Cool. I will say I am somewhat sad that we only have a few more weeks left of Suzuki goon. Cause yes. I, I do enjoy Zack Sabre jr. And I do enjoy Min- Suzuki as well. Minaro Suzuki. So yes. uh, I like that, that faction. So I'm a little bit sad that they're going to be, Going bye bye,
0: and as we talked about on our previous edition of the State of Pro Wrestling, uh we will also be saying goodbye to the great Muda here in a oh, that's a true future. So yeah. yeah, wishing him all the best in retirement. Before we head on out, my friend, we talked about the best wrestlers, male wrestlers on the planet for twenty twenty two. I think we got to have the worst ones as well.
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: I always love uh, ending on this kind of because it's always. <laughs>
1: we're sending the phone but we're sending the folks home happy because they want to hear who we think is the worst uh i'm going chris jericho i i had some
0: really good matches this year he is but i'm
1: bored with him gerald i'm bored with him and i don't care that he's reinvented himself i'm just i'm bored with him i just okay and and putting the ring of honor title on him i was like that i i feel like it did the opposite Okay. I don't think it, it gave the rub to the title. I think it detracted from the title. I'm not personal. a huge
0: fan of Chris Jericho either, but he did have some really solid matches this year. I mean, several four-star matches. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're, <laughs> is it the character you're talking about or the wrestler? If you're talking about the wrestler, I'd have to disagree with you on that, but if it's no, the I'm, character, you're you're right. Yeah,
1: yeah, the character. No, no, no. I'm going with the character because I'm just okay. bored with it.
0: I'm, okay. I am. Mine is actually a combination of both, and it's Happy okay. Corbin. Cannot stop <sighs> Happy Corbin. Yeah. He's, he's just – I don't know why this guy still has a job with the WWE. I don't know. Maybe he has, like, blackmail photos somewhere that he has of Vince McMahon. Maybe, he, he's, maybe he's the reason why Vince McMahon hasn't come back yet because he has all the photos. But, man, how does this guy still have a job? Because he just stinks it up every single time out there is it Liv Morgan or Ronda Rousey bad? Maybe not, but for me, he, he is just the epitome of a channel changer. He has been for years. I think I probably, if we did this list for the past few years, he'd probably be the worst wrestler on my list, male wrestler each and every year because he just, I cannot stand this guy. He He just puts subpar matches on and he's just a character that no one really cares about. You're talking about character with, that you said you're so tired of Chris Jericho's character. And I can't say I blame you because it's a one-note character. Mm-hmm. Happy Corbin is just a less-than-one-note character. In my
1: <laughs> but he has JBL as his, as his concierge oh, or his mentor or whatnot.
0: That's like the blind leading the blind. Right? <laughs> but once again, it is John Orlando from the PBD cast. Of course, me, Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Our best and worst of pro wrestling for 2022. But before we head on out, I got to go ahead and make sure this man gets plenty of time in to go ahead and pub his great shows. So please go ahead and take a listen out. And if you can, please support him as well while doing so. Well,
1: thank you, Gerald. Yeah, let's talk about the PVD cast. It's available at pvdcast.com and through all those major podcasting outlets. The last episode here while we recorded this is a conversation I had with a fellow podcaster and comic book writer and artist, Mike Eshelman. It turned out really, really well. He's, he's, Quite enthusiastic about stuff, and and it's a great conversation. We go off track quite a bit, but it's a lot of fun. So definitely uh, check it out, and always check out the PVD cast if you will. New new episodes drop uh, Thursdays, and P- at PVD cast for Facebook and Instagram, and my Twitter. It's my own personal Twitter page. It's uh, at PVD MVP. So thank you again, Gerald, for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: You know what, my friend, I know we'll be back throughout the year with our state mm-hmm. of pro wrestlings for 2023 at different points of the time where it suits our schedules. I always told you I'd love to do this on a regular basis, but I know our schedules are kind of eh with all the stuff that we're doing. So if it ever comes to fruition, I'd welcome the opportunity. But I do know that for now, our irregular times that we get together and talk about the state of pro wrestling is by me very much welcome.
1: Yeah, I enjoy doing it. As I said, when we started, love coming on to the Pop Culture Cosmos and talking all about pro wrestling with you. And so I look forward to it next time we sit down and chat.
0: Are you sure? Talking about Happy Corbin and uh, (laughs) Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, you know, that Corbin, Morgan, Ronda Rousey, Chris Jericho.
1: I mean, hey, I guess we could look at it this way. You got to have some really
0: bad wrestling to appreciate the really good wrestling. How about uh, that's that? That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, and if there's one last thing I could ask you real quick, I want to hear, you. If there's one thing you could change for the pro wrestling industry for 2023. What would that be?
1: Ooh.
0: I got to hit you with these zingers.
1: Um, um man, I, okay, I'll throw it out there. This is really out there. It's mm-hmm. out of left field. I would want an actual good studio wrestling show to return like Memphis or like, I know the NWA is doing that, but i not like
0: that doesn't count they, it.
1: Yeah. That doesn't really mix well with me because I, I have very strong opinions about that product more on that in a little bit. I'd say I'd love to see like a, a live studio show. I would like AEW could do one where they, you know, Excalibur at the podium with Tony Schiavone, maybe 50 people's a hundred people in, in the audience yeah, obviously, MJF versus Jobber number one or, you know, or Sting in Darby Allin versus the Masked Assassins or whatnot. I'd like to see that. That's
0: what I would love to see in 2023. I would love to see the amount of wrestling being cut down. Like, for instance, Raw needs to cut down to two hours right now. They don't have a product that is sustaining an audience. Their numbers mm-hmm. reflected. If they were exciting, like, oh, I don't want to go back to the, well, okay, I guess I have to, the Attitude Era or even the 2000s, but many parts of of the WWE era. Yes, you could sustain a program for over three hours, but it's clear, it's evidently clear right now that you cannot go ahead and put out a product that people are watching and are continuing to watch for three straight hours. And it's just, until you have that, I think they just need to go back and cut it to two hours. That would probably be my my one thing I'd like to change. Okay.
1: Yours is much more reasonable than my my hope <laughs> dreams of a <laughs> of a, a studio wrestling show so i think yours are probably you have a better shot of having that happen to me
0: uh no i don't think so with all the advertising dollars that they'd lose it's not a chance
1: yeah true once
0: you become reliant on it you never want to get you never want to have it taken away
1: so. mm, it's like a drug
0: yes it is like a drug indeed but once again it's john orlando from the pvd cast check out his awesome shows today at pvdcast.com this is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Pro wrestling fans, we truly appreciate it. And we will be back, of course, as always, with the pro wrestling thoughts and news in our state of pro wrestling throughout the year in 2023. But always a lot of good stuff in the world of pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.